Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Soccer Speakeasy. Today is the 13th of September, 2019. It's Friday, Friday the 13th, on a full moon. Spooky. Ooh. Things are going to get weird. This is your Soccer Speaky podcast. I'm Mike A-Race, moderating as best I can. Jacob Myers, our crew beat writer, and Kyle Robertson, our fine photographer and, and uh, master striker. We're recording this at the Podfather Palace at 62 East Broad Street here in Columbus, the home of Ohio's greatest home newspaper. You know, gentlemen, it's been... An international break time, a two-week interlude here. We're in the middle of it. We're in the middle of it, right? It's over now. It's over, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's over. We're, we're in the middle of it's over. <laughs> two games and a little bit of training camp, and we're going to talk about the heat that uh, Greg Berhalter may or may not be feeling, but is, is certainly there. The crew, what have they done, Jacob, during this break? Had a lot of academy kids in training. They did. It was pretty much open during the break for the media members. I mean, and then you you get some of your stars back and they close it up again. But we got to watch a little 11 on 11. That was good to see. How was the XG in those scrimmages? Higher than their actual goal score, I, I would say. You know, That's good, yeah. right, Kyle? Yeah. I don't know. Is that good? XG's going up? (laughs) I thought you wanted your goals to be higher than XG. Well, yeah. Yeah. So it was the opposite. So it wasn't great. Are there any academy players that we should be uh, on the lookout for here soon or anybody that you know? The last I heard, I don't think there'll be one this offseason. I would expect one within maybe an 18th window or something like that. I mean, they got quite a few guys at good programs. And I think I said last week that I'll have something online for that i i still am working on that but i'll have a list of some of those guys they got indiana stanford georgetown a lot of good akron a lot of good programs there but it was kind of academy kids and a couple first team guys against the first team starters i mean they were still kind of prepping for atlanta but it was pretty energetic this week i think they're fired up a bit especially going in front of what it's Always between, what, 50,000, 70,000 fans there. So Crew at the Atlanta United in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium tomorrow, September 14th, Saturday. It's a 7 o'clock game, and it should be a good crowd. And uh, who knows? Atlanta looks pretty good, though. Uh, I don't know how you wager on this one, Kyle. They're the second-best team in the league, I would say. Jacob, um, tell us where, where the crew stands injury-wise after this little time off. Injury-wise, Josh Williams and Waylon Francis, and then Hector Jimenez, who has an MCL. Uh, they're all still out. Hector Jimenez hasn't trained or practiced or anything yet. My hunch is they're looking to have him back for, if not the Philly game, which is the second-to-last game, then the very last game against Toronto. Kyle, do you trust his hunches? I think he's, yeah, he's good. I've, I've improved yeah. since the whole Shield debacle. <laughs> I don't think you'll we'll never forget. <laughs> you shouldn't. They'll be hanging over me until they until they get, actually get that Shield. So it's Abub Karkeda. He 
was limited at times, but trained most of training with the first team. So he'll be available. They should at least have no concerns of putting guys where they want them as they did in previous weeks. I think it'll be Mensa and I would guess Kada over Cronali just because of when they were both healthy. Kada started to play a little more over Cronali, but they have three options yeah. at center back now. Well, I think in the last four games, you want to see more Kada than than Cornelli, I, I would think. I, I think you kind of know what you have with Cornelli. Yeah, I mean, 19-year-old, he, yeah. he certainly looked good, and he's left-footed, yeah. and you kind of want that on the left-side center back. And going against Joseph Martinez, that could yeah, be a good bit luck. interesting. All right, and when will we know their lineup for Atlanta? Tomorrow, probably, in the afternoon, or we don't. It, it's like an hour before the yeah, game or yeah. something. It's if I were to guess, yeah. it's going to be Harrison off on the right, Maloney on the left back. Fighting Connor Maloney. I like it. Yeah, that, that's the F word yeah. that was used there. MF, I, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it was MF. No, MF, just It was F, Con- Connor F and yeah, Maloney. I like it. And then Trap, Artur, Sardes up top. Probably Argudo, Santos, and Diaz. Or may- maybe Mokhtar. It, I had Caleb Porter did say Mokhtar did not start that last game before this break because of a little hip issue, but he's fine in training again, so maybe Mokhtar starts. All right. The Atlantas, they're in third place in the East with uh, 48 points, and they're part of a group of three teams in the East that have kind of separated themselves at the top of the, we say ladder here, right, Kyle, because this is yes. this is football. At the top of the ladder, the New York City FC is uh, 54 points, Philadelphia 51 points, Atlanta United 48. NYCFC. Mm. The crew could... Uh, do a little nose flicking down there if they stole a point or three, which, you know, they haven't shown a propensity to do. But it is Atlanta. Their fans are not, they don't cotton to the crew very much, uh, given what happened uh, a couple of years ago when uh, the crew denied Atlanta their rightful place in the right, the rightful MLS Cup trophy in, in their inaugural season. And uh, I don't think they've forgotten that down there. Well, they're still fighting for that second spot, you know. They're right. They're it's you know a, you'd want to. Well, they're still fighting for yeah. the top spot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're, you're twenty eight. They have six well, games left. Well, yeah, that was they, a minor, they, yeah. minor shield there. But yeah, but yeah, okay. Well, they're, they're still still fighting yeah. for the top spot. And then those so those three teams have separated themselves. And th- and then there's a, a next tier: Toronto forty two points, DC forty two points, Red Bulls in sixth place with forty one points, New England in seventh place with thirty nine points, and then Montreal in eighth place with thirty seven. And even maybe Orlando City with 35, thinking about maybe we have a chance. So it's there's going to be a lot of shaking and moving here over these last over this last month of the regular season, Jacob. Yeah, and if New England wins this weekend and the crew lose, the crew are officially eliminated. So, so you're saying so there's, there's a chance. <laughs> I'm saying there isn't a chance. <laughs> oh, Shield says no chance. Is there anything else team-wise that, that you want to cover from a housework perspective? I think I'll do a, a shameless plug. This past week, got to sit down with Pedro Santos, who obviously has had a career year and wanted to talk about why he's having a career year. He talked about being more free and I think not having Higuain on the field. While he still said they play well next to each other, it certainly has allowed him to do a bunch of things he kind of felt tied to doing on the wing because he's not a guy that runs in behind but then I mean more on a personal level we talked about the loss of his father and how hard that was for him he said he never thought about quitting but it was always in his mind if he were to come back was it better to stay in Portugal with his mom who he said did everything with his father he had a brother there in Portugal that works a lot so couldn't help a ton his sister lives in France was it a sudden death or was it a kind of he said you know I didn't get into it I 
probably should have, but it sounded like he had been dealing with the illness for a little bit, but it came up yeah. quickly. Yeah. What Pedro's, I think, exact quote was like the four months, I guess I'm paraphrasing, right. but the four months, there was no indication that something would come up that quickly. And then it did. And he said he was just miserable for the whole month after that. And he talked about if he didn't have his own family here if he didn't have his kids he would certainly be back in Portugal so I thought that was interesting and we talked about his contract up as well and he said what the club has been saying as well they both want to be here so it just and it's matters club, on agreeing it's a, it's on the terms club option, right? it's club option yeah. so so if it comes down to the club saying yeah we want to pick up your option now they negotiate yeah. something so that looks like the direction it's heading but if you haven't got a chance to read that it was in Sunday's paper go ahead and look at that uh, I, I thought it was really good of Pedro and I appreciate him just being candid about that it was a fine piece and you can find it at dispatch.com it was certainly the link was floated on Twitter at dispatch alerts and by at Jacob underscore Myers underscore 25 you, you got to just change that to the shield yes you just the shield. Jacob Myers, the just shield. shield or something. Is, it, is that trademark get. for that that show on? Uh, was it NBC? Yeah. Michael Chiklis. Michael uh, Chiklis. And uh, at Kyle Robertson, at K Rob Photo. K Rob Photo. You know what I'm saying? And um, at the Podfather too. And we don't know who Podfather one is, but probably a superior. <laughs> it's but, Keith Noss's burner account. <laughs> <laughs> it might be. It might be. No, Jacob, you wanted to cover before we leave the crew and take a quick peek at the U.S. men's national team. I know you wanted to cover something about what fans or coaches or Kyle should be looking for over the last four games of the season. Yeah, I think, you know, we just... how you've been spending your time over there during the break. It just comes to what's there to talk about the rest of the year. And I think it's, okay, what can they do the rest of the way to show something is going to be different next year right so the first thing i have off the top of my head is over these next four games just see something that tells you that this team can turn ties into wins now we and i wrote about this they've gone from losing the one goal games to tying them most of them they've been ahead or or they've had chances late and they just haven't capitalized on those so can they find those opportunities and actually finish them this time can the defense stop allowing those late goals to spoil points i just think that's such a big factor and yes it happens everywhere in every league the best teams but this is you know six games i think what are they at 33 goals for in 30 games i think they could easily be at 39 or 40 right now i mean what did you say the cincinnati score should have been like five to two here with all those chances oh yeah so i think just seeing consistency there right like i think that would take this team to another level and then central midfielders i think is a question trap i don't think he's played that well this season and i don't know what that might be i'm I think there's an untold story of how much last year had a mental impact on them and then having to transition with a new front office, a new coaching staff. That's a lot of weight on a player. And yes, they're professionals and they still have to go out and win games, but I don't think you can overlook that impact. So I don't know what has affected Trapp. I don't think he's played particularly well. And then David Guzman hasn't showed much really at all. And I think fans have rightly criticized him, though you know he hasn't had consistent time with all the starters on the field and whatnot. So there's that, but I think you want to see consistency out of those guys. And if not, maybe go out and acquire a player. All right. Yeah. Well, I think... Agreement there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think... I don't think he'll be back next year. I think they'll try to find someone else. I think you think the thought was to bring him in and kind of shake up the middle, and it didn't kind of work out, so... I don't think that 
supporter is necessarily married to the idea of having him here, even though he traded right. for him and whatnot. Because bottom line, I think he's going to, he's consistently talks about getting players like top down. So you get a guy that can come in somewhere near the top and then the bottom drops off. Maybe David's yep. in that category. Who knows? Artur's played very, very well, though. I think he's solidified himself again as a really solid box-to-box midfielder in the league. And then, plain and simple, can Jossie Sardes, I think, maybe get a goal in each game the rest of the way? Something that shows you that he can be a solid, you know, maybe to the level he was last year. The league's getting better. I think they're going to have to improve at striker, but he can can certainly put him in better. They get eliminated from the playoff pitcher this weekend. Why not throw out Hamilton... You know, why not throw out, you know, Williams and see what you got? Because I, th- I, I think there's which, a... Which, there. which Williams? Romario. <laughs> yeah. No, Romario. Yeah, Romario. But, I mean, I think that's what you have to look at. I mean, I think you the crew knows what they have in Zardes, and I think they don't, you know, I'd like to see the, you know, the other guys get a shot up there and and see who can and do well in the last couple of games for that striker, you know, the backup striker role. That's a good question. What would you do, Mike? I'll turn in I think one of those, for a second. I, I think one of those two are probably staying for next year, and then you bring in, you know, J.J. You Maybe. Know, as a, you know, your second backup if he keeps on progressing. I think he played good lineups at home and yeah. he treated like exhibition season. Play good lineups at home and do some experimenting on the road. Yeah, if you're out of it, if you're out of it by next weekend, you got three games left, right? At Toronto, maybe they want to... Trillium. Yeah. Do a game like that. Got to have the cup. Well, I think teams that are fighting for the for a playoff spot, like Vancouver right. is a game you could probably rotate a bit and try out some pieces. But last thing I just had written down is, can they have good showings against Atlanta, Philly, Toronto, specifically not letting big players like Joseph Martinez go off and have a big game? I'm really interested just on this game alone to see Justin Miram go up against Harrison Awful. I think, you know, they go against each other so much in, in trainings over the years, but now that Miram's at that kind of wingback position, it doesn't really change what he does. I think they know exactly right. the type of player he, he is and what he'll try to do to create opportunities, but that's something I'm looking for. All right. I think we've beaten this to death after two weeks off here. We can move on and talk about the national team. I didn't see much of the two games. I did read up on the two games, the two friendlies that the U.S. played, a 3 to nothing loss to Mexico in New Jersey. What is that, MetLife Stadium? I can't keep track. On Friday, announced crowd of 47-plus. Very pro-Mexican crowd. Yeah, and, you know, unless you're playing, we know this here in Columbus, yes. we've long known it, unless you're playing in Columbus or maybe Kansas City, you know, otherwise, if you're going to play Mexico and anywhere else, New York, L.A., Houston, Dallas, Miami. Maybe Minnesota? Yeah, I mean, but we'll see. I do hope that game comes back here once the new stadium is built. Anything new on the new stadium there? Well, there won't be. It'll be two cycles, right? Because the the, the next one will be before the stadium's right. finished. General do you, point. So do you think it will go away and then come back? I think if it goes away, it's never coming back. Oh, it's already gone away. Okay. You know, once they lost... That game was. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's gonna. It's got to come back. Did you see the comment, Kyle or or Mike, after the game? I I can't remember which former crew goalkeeper it was, but talked about in Burhalter's first season at the end of the year, there were still people not fully understanding his system. I just thought it was an interesting quote. I mean, Burhalter is kind of the king of downplaying losses because he just right. you know continues to say, "I think this was a good step and whatnot," and eventually people are going to cut through that. I didn't see why they tried to keep building out of the back and not maybe bomb a ball direct yeah. and go deep and then try to play out from there. But it's a friendly. And 
I think so people a, a three nothing loss to Mexico on Friday, and they followed that up on uh, Tuesday in St. Louis in front of around twenty thousand announced with a one one draw against Uruguay with no Luis Suarez or Edinson Cavani and uh, it was like both B plus sides. It was and uh, Uruguay. Jordan Hamilton had the late goal <laughs> to get the. Jordan get Morris. The Jordan Morris. Jordan Morris. <laughs> I thought you were joking for a second. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just screwed up. <laughs> Morris played well. He looked real good. And that was his first, I think. His first since before he tore his ACL last year. Yeah. Well, good. So there's another window in October. You had asked the question, Mike, anything new on the stadium? There were rumors. Then you didn't answer it. Mm. Well, I, th- like, I think the striker cut in there. He, he saw an opportunity and he took advantage of buried it. Buried it. Like the Democratic debates here. It's just... I should raise Just my hand. Answer the question. All right. Anything new on the stadium, Jacob? I think they're getting close to establishing a groundbreaking date, so I'll be on the lookout for that. You mean something like October 10th? Something <laughs> possibly like October 10th. All right. We'll look out for that. You know who's going to be there, and and that's a Thursday. Just um, to let you know. Among other among other luminaries is Seth Jones was yeah. saying he knows a guy who's jerry jones's company and jacob you were there when he was talking about i thought it was a woman he said he knew somebody there's somebody he knows with the connection to legend right yep legends and because he's a dallas seth jones the blue jackets defenseman and perennial norris trophy candidate is he said he have a shovel right yeah yeah he said he said he'll be digging so something like october we need to find it someone needs to bring a shovel from the moffray one too a shovel from like the groundbreaking like oh, like back. OG groundbreaking? Yeah. 1999. How yeah. rusted do you yeah. think? It's probably in someone's shed yeah. that they got from a garage sale. I think, I'm sure Morgan I think might pre- find pre- one. Precor oh, used yeah. it to beat fans out of the stadium. <laughs> do we uh, want to go down the road of their groundbreaking <laughs> ceremony? And No, we don't. And the bats that were flying around? You know, best of luck to them. 1-1 one, one with Uruguay. And by all accounts, Jacob, and you saw some of that game, the U.S. men's national team did not look good on Tuesday night in St. Louis. No, it, it was a pretty boring game. They had, I thought, the better of the chances early, but I think Uruguay was not putting too much stock into that match, so I don't think you can really put too much. It was a lucky goal that the yeah. men's national team got, so it is what it is. It's a it's a result, but I don't think LAFC you've learned much guy, from it. Right, Rodriguez got the first one. Yeah, he's electric. You look real good. 19-year-old? I think it's pretty clear now, though, that Mexico has better players than... Mexico's real good. They have better players. Well, I mean, just look at the... They brought on a guy who's a starter. I think he's a starter for Napoli in Serie A. That, like, that's who they brought on off the bench. It's The player pool's just so much better. That's my team, you know. El Tree? No, Napoli. Oh, Napoli? What's your relation to that? That's, that's where my people are from, man. On the paternal side. Good wine? Of course. About Mexico, Burr Halter said uh, that the Mexicans uh, presented a good challenge and also a good learn and also good learning opportunities and gave them a chance to work on defense and set pieces, which is, I guess, the theme of this particular camp. And of Uruguay, the that was not their issue that night. Well, I mean, I'm just telling you what the man said. Burr Halter said after the Uruguay game tonight was about the tenacity and the relentlessness of our guys to keep fighting. And overall, I think it was a good step. There you go. Trust the process, right? Good luck it, to them. I used to sit there and go, come on, man. <laughs> it was a fun back and forth, but I was like, he'd be dead serious about these things. There's really not, there's no phony in that guy. He will dodge questions somewhat artfully by saying, you could say, Greg, why do you shave your hair? Had you know, and he'd say, he'd look thoughtful for a second and put his hand on his chin and say, 
Well, I'd answer that question. What I would say about that is there are four seasons, spring, summer, winter, and fall, and sometimes you have to wear a cap and sometimes you don't, but it's a process and you have to trust the knitting. That was a really you, good off-the-cuff. You, you cuff. go like, what is that? <laughs> what did you, do you remember what the question was about the, about the shaving? And he would smile. So Great improv, they, Mike. They, uh, again, I only saw some highlights and stuff, but I saw a lot of counters going the wrong way. It was just a ton of negative passes. And for a team, yeah, team Stefan was like playing a number 10 role, it looked like at times he was playing so much out <laughs> uh, of the back. And so there's a long way to go, but he has had 11 months in four camps. That said, he's also cycled through a lot of players in and out of these camps, so it's, it's hard to get a grasp on. It's not gelling yet, obviously, and part of that, as Jacob mentioned, is the style. He's going to play his style. He knows how to coach his style. And Kyle, it takes some time, even for a great striker like you, to become inured to the system. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what the fans hope for. I mean... I think a coach yeah. like Burhalter, it's you have to bring him yeah. on at the very beginning of a World Cup yeah. cycle, and, and, that, that, and, that's and they, they will. Did. They will. They will have some games against some teams that they are superior to, and hopefully, they can figure out how to work his system, and so that when they get to the final hex, mm-hmm. they are playing at an elite level and can qualify for the World Cup. And they played way different in this game than they did in the Gold Cup. Mexico was still better in the Gold Cup, but it didn't look like the gap was as far as it did. Yeah. what last week last friday night so you can see they're working on things well i just feel like in the 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 game against mexico zardas didn't have a whole lot of chances i mean i know he was getting ripped on twitter like he usually does when he well, plays out, most of his touches were in the defensive yeah. half for a striker kyle that's that's not rough that's not a good thing all right i mean is there anything else you want I, well let me let me throw this out oh boy to add k rob photo when are they going to be able to compete with uh top 20 teams I mean, right now they're having difficulty in CONCACAF, which is not a I think if you look at the roster and the shape of the pool, you're hoping for 2026. I know. It's rough. But if you just think about all the young guys they have over in Europe and the projected... Actually, uh, yeah, you want to go for 2026, but I think for U.S. fans, you're looking at the Olympics, the the 2020 Tokyo Olympics, because they could have a really strong squad if everyone is released or gets released. Is that not U23? Yeah. yeah. So, But that's the majority of your team that are your players that have come in. And you could arguably have the strongest U.S. roster they've ever had if they can qualify because they'll qualify with players who, who won't be released, but then once they if they make the Olympics, which they should, then they'll have a whole, you know, you could have an influx of eight to 10 new guys who are playing. I think they got a fairly solid young roster. Uh, just real quick, in July, this was, this was the men's rankings. They were 22nd, you know, 15 is Germany, and then you go from there. I think those are kind of your, your big powerhouse teams, whatnot. Yeah, that's a good question, Mike. I don't, I don't know when they're going to be able to. Patrick, are you counting the whatnots? I think that's two. Yeah. In any case. Two, what's his record? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Use that one. In any case, it's better. But they could have Stefan. I mean, you, know. you could bring Stefan <laughs> you know. in to play in the Olympics if he well, wants you know. to. He gets released. Yeah, case. but you have three players who are uh, who are over 23 that they can bring in. Wait, Patrick has a microphone. This is scary. Uh-oh. In any case, you know, <laughs> whatnot. And I think that's it for the soccer speaking yep. for this week. I'll wrap it up well. We'll go out on that note. And thank you for joining us. Please check out uh, at uh, Dispatch Alerts at Jacob underscore Myers underscore 25. And at K Rob Photo, I'm at Michael Ares one for at the Pot Father two Patrick Flaherty. Is he highly rated, Kyle? Yes, highly rated. Who's rating these? 
producers for the highly rated in a relative sense Patrick Flaherty and these gentlemen here Jacob Myers and Kyle Robertson I'm Mike Arace thank you and Patrick kick kick oh geez kick us out of here for guys (laughs) just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.